because I think I sort of look like a live-action version of Barbie. Yeah. Like from a distance, right? He was like, <laughs> all right, well, like a Barbie where there's a little something off about her, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a Barbie you'd find at Ross or at the dollar store, like. Dude, seriously, man, does that Barbie have a black guy? I've got to play to the kids, right? I'm just sort of panicked. I mean, it's Carla Collins. She thinks she looks like a dollar store Barbie, but she actually looks like the real thing. I've seen her up close in personal. Welcome to this Blonde Can Talk About Anything episode. I have no idea because I forgot. However, episode this Blonde Can Talk About Anything with Anyone, episode five. I'm really, really excited. If you haven't figured it out, I have Carla Collins as my guest this week. And if you don't know who she is, you've probably been living under a rock or something. Carla is an amazing comedian from Canada, which so she's like me, um, except prettier. <laughs> and I've been to many of her comedy shows, and she's just so entertaining and an inspirational person who I absolutely adore. I've known Carla for about eight years now. We met, um, well, when she was doing this uh, interesting little show called too much information, which actually is pretty appropriate when it comes to Carla. Um, my friend Lauren Ash, amazing actress, was um, also doing the show. So I became an audience fixture and I introduced myself to Carla by saying, hi, you look like my grandma. And I was pretty sure she kind of wanted to punch me in the face and have nothing to do with me ever again. But that wasn't the case. Um, and we, we ended up being friends and she's been somebody who's, you know, she cheers for me. She roots for me. And I do the same. So I invited Carla on my show because every week I mention my grandpa and I'm not naming names, but there are some people who are like, why does your name her, her grandpa like every week? It's called grief. And sometimes grief is funny and sometimes grief isn't funny, but you laugh at it anyway. And Carla is someone who has um, been doing, you know, shows um, addressing grief, comedy shows, addressing grief um, because she lost her mother. And so she totally understands that the grieving process is not the same for everybody. So I invited her here to talk about that and some other fun stuff because Carla is a lot of fun. So here's Carla and me talking about all kinds of stuff. This is Carla Collins. She's an amazing comedian, so funny. She made me laugh uh, like during some of the toughest times of my life. And w- the way that I actually met Carla is very interesting. She was on a show with my friend Lauren Ash called uh, Too Much Information. And me and my big mouth said, you remind me so much of my grandma. Now, if I was Carla, I probably would have punched me in the face. But it was actually meant to be a compliment. <laughs> So I'm very excited to have Carla here because if I was Carla, I would have said, go fuck yourself. So hi, Carla. (laughs) I just assumed you had a really smoking hot grandma. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I did. So um, one of the trends on my show is I talk, I mentioned my grandpa a lot. And it's part of the reason why I invited Carla here to talk uh, to you guys and to me. Because Carla also, not that long ago, she met her, she uh, lost her mother, who was like her version of my grandpa where it's like you don't know where Carla begins and her mother ends and and so on so Carla has been doing a lot of um, stand-up shows where she's been laughing through grief and I did a lot of that too 
So I have a question for you, Carla. How much of that laughter was real? Well, quite a bit. I mean, laughter is just like is 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 right next door neighbors with tears, right? They're both releases. And I've always liked sort of the Irish or the Eastern way of celebrating death, um, which is the celebration of life and joy and honoring. I would think we do it weirdly here in the West. Um, but uh, I I had I suffered from very, very deep grief. Um, it's really only been better recently and, uh, I write comedy every day and I just really couldn't go up there and talk about the Kardashians when the only thing on my mind was my mom who was also my first major death. So that's when I wrote up laugh after death and cause also death is super funny because humans don't know how to behave. They say the most ridiculous things. People were either competing with me like oh that's nothing I lost both my parents last year I'm like okay it's not a Japanese game show or they would hit on me or just say really random things and so um I I thought I'll just keep talking about it and you know it's unfortunately a little bit like taxes we're all going to go through it uh and and everyone in the audience has likely suffered through you know a, a hugely deep loss so why not shine a little bit of light on it and laugh and uh, then your eyes aren't as puffy. Yeah, I appreciate that you said that because I have a lot of, you know, friends and stuff who are like, well, it's been so long. You should just get over it. And it's like, how do you like how can how do you ask somebody to get over? Like, first of all, when my grandfather passed away, I was only 10. So at 10 years old, you don't understand. You're not prepared for that. You don't understand it. So for me, it was like, well, why did you take my grandpa? Why couldn't you take somebody else's? And that's very selfish. But as an adult, I see that, you know, it was just his time and he was old and he was sick. But you don't just get over somebody who gives you the last, takes the last 10 years of their life and says, I'm going to take the last years where I should be, you know, having my golden years. And I'm going to give them to a little kid because I know that, you know, she has a father who's not great. So let me do that job. Let me step up and be a grandpa, a best friend and a father. And the same thing would happen to me. Oh, well, my this died and this and this and this. But it's not you're right. It's not a competition. And not like my grandmother passed away three months after him. As much as I loved her, it was not the same uh, magnitude of grief. They're actually both there. He's here and she's over there because we haven't we haven't released them yet. And the same thing, even my mom went through the same thing as you, like people hit on you, like, what do you mean? Like going through grief. And I've been to your shows and I've seen, you know, laugh after grief. And I've seen the shows that you did before that, even before the death, you always made so many jokes about your mom. Oh, well, she came to every uh, show and she had the last couple of years was opening for me. And she was really good. She was a natural. But first of all, I think it's beautiful what you had with your grandfather. And um, I think it's wonderful what he did. He filled in a void and stepped up like a superhero. And you know what? Um, Melanie, a lot of people don't ever know that or have that. So it's hard for them to empathize or understand grief. And that's okay. But it's not something that we get over. It's Grief is a tattoo. And it's something you maybe live with and you integrate into your life. I now turn the corner where I'm just trying to honor her and celebrate her but you know all of my my mom come came from a big french canadian family she was also a whoopsie who's 13 years younger than her last <laughs> sister my aunts all lived to be in their late 80s 
or well into their 90s. My mom was taken just after she turned 75. It was a total shock. She got up to get ready for brunch and didn't make it type of thing. So I was dealing with shock and the fact that I, honest to God, thought I'd have her Betty White long. Like that, you know, so, um, but now I, I, I just find a lot more comfort in the fact that it's rare that you and I had these bonds with anyone. And, you know, if like one of my uh, friends said, if you never want to get hurt, just don't love anything or anyone. And that's no way to live. You've got to live full on, right? It's the short life. So um, I consider it a lottery win. And it's taken years, but I finally feel like I'm getting signs. You know, people are like, yo, that butterfly is a sign. I'm like, no, it's not. Animals love me. I want a glass of wine to pour itself. But in the last little while, I've had some signs. <laughs> I know she brought the person with whom I'm staying, whom I refer to as my gay fiance. I know she brought him into my life. And then there's been little signs in the last little while, but it took a long time. And I know you mentioned some people never get a sign, but, you know, I was getting comfortable with not having a sign because, you know, my mom and I don't have any unfinished business. We left it all on the mat, as they said. It was it was just a perfect relationship, but a lot of my identity was wrapped up in her because it's the one thing I did well. I was a good daughter. So oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny that you say that because when I talk about my grandpa, I always say that I thought he was Superman. Like any everybody else could die, but not him. And again, I was so young, and he probably didn't feel like there was any unfinished business because he knew that he'd given me so much love and everything. But for me. I always felt like I didn't get to say I was sorry for all the things that you had to do for me that you shouldn't have had to, or did I tell you I loved you enough? Did he know? And I had all these questions. And my, you know my mom. I'm super close with my mom. My mom's always like, he didn't, like, he knows. He doesn't need you to tell him. But for years, I blamed myself, you know, for the death, and I just couldn't grieve. I would just, I was like, well, he'll be back tomorrow. And you can't live, like, 20 years of your life believing, oh, well, tomorrow he's going to give me a, a call because, He's just gone on vacation, and that's what I did. And what you said, I think I only very recently realized that I didn't know who I was without associating myself to him because me wanting to be an actor, that comes from him. When I was a little kid, he started showing me movies. I fell in love with the movies. Grandpa became a method actor. It just is. It's just a beautiful, like, even my mom said that I've never seen this before, and I'm never going to see it again. It's one of those loves that just it's just magic. It just happened. And you obviously had that with your mom. And I know without ever having met her, I know your mom is like insanely proud of you because besides being a good daughter, Carly, you're a good person and you're an inspiring person and you're somebody who you're an empath and you really, you always, I've always seen you go out of your way to make other people laugh and make other people smile. And I imagine that's something that she taught you. Right. Probably. Oh, I, I, I joke that she was, she was my best feature. Now I have to go with my eyes. Uh, (laughs) I think anything good in me is because of her. And, you know, getting back to you, sweetie, 10 years old. Sorry, those are the birds that hustle me. I don't mind the birds. Um, They're like the two old men from the Muppets, but uh, with high voices. I, uh, you were only 10, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, I fell apart like the back end of Saturday Night Live and I was the full on grown ass woman. So, 10 is hard to comprehend all of that. Mm-hmm. But now you can realize that I also, I mean, everyone has different belief systems, but I, I also know that the, the veil is very thin 
Um, I know that energy doesn't die, so she's likely just next door. I believe in reincarnation. I joke that I want to come back as one of Adam Levine's tattoos, but I think we've come <laughs> back here many times. I've got my I've got my squad goals, girl. Um, so I you know, I, I think there's comfort in knowing that you can you can tell your grandpa anytime you like that you love him. I talk to my mom all the time. Great listener now that she's dead before she used to talk over me. We're both <laughs> chat monsters. So, um, yeah, I think that's, and you know, uh, everybody has a different way of grieving and different com- people seek out different forms of comfort, you know, so animals, laughter, these, you know, I, I think those are the healthier ones. I mean, I was like, I, I like you thought I could handle anything but the death of my mom, but I just didn't have the gravitas for a heroin addiction. So I thought that's not, she won't, she won't be happy about that. So uh, I just try to do things that I think reflect her. But you always have your chilled NyQuil to fall back on, right? Well, again, man, it's fine dessert wine. I, I'm telling <laughs> you, I don't know what's in that stuff, but woo, propofol. Uh, yeah, so you know, I, I so for me, laughter was a big is a big outlet, no matter what's going on in my life. And uh, like I said, I found it really. I think it saved me. I think I became a much better comedian. Uh, I went from being nervous to get on stage so I could go do forty five minutes at a garage shell. I can't wait to get on stage because at the time, it provided relief. Even if I was talking about her on stage, um, it was the only time I wasn't grieving. And you also. I was reminded because I got a message from someone from Newfoundland, this wonderful guy, calls himself the jolly old elf on TikTok. <laughs> and I was doing a show there. My mom, she was supposed to come with me a couple of weeks after her death. And I'll never forget, you'll never forget the people who were there during that time. Like those are, as my mom said, never listen to words, listen, you know, check out their actions. So there are also people that... I'll never forget and will be eternally grateful uh, for and to. And, um, you know, it just, as I said, it, it's, it's like a screenshot for your soul. Like it's, you, you won't forget it. But um, I also knew, even though sometimes we think, how can I continue without this person? I mean, you know, for me, she was my soulmate. That's why I have 57 husbands. Um, maybe some, some dude might have a shot now. Um, I think she was my soulmate this time round, but I also know that I don't honor her memory if I give up or if I, if I'm in the fetal position, uh, for the rest of my life, rocking back and forth naked in a room with mustard smeared on my face asking Siri if I'm pretty. I think I, I do that a lot. You know, the, well, I'm just going to give up trying to be an actor because it's just not going to work, but I love it so much. And really that is what has gotten me through grief like I last week somebody I did an AMA and some people were asking me well what's the funniest movie you've ever seen and I was like honestly I like movies where Robert De Niro kills people or shoots them and beats them to death and I laugh not because it's funny because he's I imagine he's like beating or hurting whatever has taken this person from me and then I laugh and it's cathartic and so for me the last thing that I want to do and hopefully be able to just close the book after that is I start write a screenplay about him problem is it's so hard to write the end when you know how painful that the ending is and like you said you know there are signs and I didn't always believe in that either but a couple of years ago my mom and you know my mom should probably do anything for me 
I want to go to, I want, yeah, she is. I said, I want to go to Tiff. It reminds me of my mom and me, so I always love you guys. I said, I want to go to Tiff, and I want to meet Brian Cranston. And she goes, I can't stand that guy. I hate him. She she never liked him. And (laughs) we had never been to a film festival at this point, and we didn't know that you couldn't just go there and say, hi, Brian Cranston, how are you? (laughs) And I made my mom wait out there all day just to meet Brian Cranston, only for Brian to get out of the truck and walk the other way. And I was just heartbroken. And the director of that movie, she was across the street, Robin Swicourt. She's a great writer. She's written um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Memoirs of a Geisha, and Matilda, most notably, which was one of the last films that I'd seen with him. And she crossed the street. And she was like, you're so pretty. And that's all she wanted. She, she liked my hair. She just wanted to tell me it was pretty. But then she gave me her number. And she wanted to keep in touch with me. And I didn't know what she knew that night, that she had every intention of putting me and Brian in the same room. So... I know how the Matilda connection and everything. I feel like he, he was like, I'm going to manipulate this so that you can meet him in a different way. And so I did. And I was, I went to New York. I was alone and I was, you know, dressed up and I had my hay heels on and Robin's walking me over to Brian. And I'm like, am I going to meet like the guy that I love from Malcolm in the middle? Or is this guy Walter White going to be there? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I walked over and he's just turned on his foot and he said, hello. And he was so nice to me. And I said, when I was growing up, I always wanted to have a dad like you. Before I got a chance to finish the sentence, Brian's hugging me. Now, I know now I didn't know the time. Brian and I, neither of us likes to be touched by people we don't don't really know. But I ended up forming a connection with Brian that's lasted ever since. My mom was so pissed off that night at TIFF, but it it, it turned out like to be the best thing that we could have did because I got to make a connection with this man who's like, yes, you can make this movie. Yes, you can be this. You're not too old. Like, keep doing it. So I think he he waited until it was the right time for me to meet somebody like Brian to to say, you know, you can do it now. Maybe you couldn't do it 20 years ago when you were 10 or whatever, but now you're you're ready to do it. And I just think, I think you've been doing it your whole life, which I know because I've seen, you know, I, I remember he used to have, before I knew, ever knew I existed, there was this show. And I remember the commercial, he used to say, my life on the Z list. <laughs> so I remember most about the commercial. I think well, it was I on know. E. I've been silly my whole life. Well, there was a whole bunch of things you mentioned there uh, that I'd love to respond to. Um, first of all, we always all have to trust, right? Because we want the script to be as we write it. And you got to trust that the universe or whatever, you know, God, Bono, Keanu Reeves, whatever you believe in, that they know it's never what we think it's going to look like. And we've got to be open to that, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, it's all going to be okay in the end. It's not okay. It's not the end type of thing. So there was an even better plan that your grandfather had for you to meet Brian Cranston, who was an awesome guy and super funny. I told you, it would be in the most of the show. Um, and uh, the other thing is that, you know, for your love of the De Niro thing is that, you know, um, anger is a step up above from despair. So I know that when my mom passed away, I was working out like 100 times a day. And I thought, well, again, it's better than anything self-destructive. It's not the healthiest thing in the world, but um, I'll have a better ass by the end. <laughs> and... Uh, the other thing you mentioned is, you know, one of my big platforms, especially now, is we're never too old. I, I kind of trying to, I feel it's like one of the last taboos of society that, um, you know, there's trust size models and obviously we're finally getting around to um, 
Duke, the LGBTQ community, total acceptance anywhere on binary, um, any size, shape, color, but age is one of the last taboos. And to me, I want, I think everybody's age limitless. It's, you're never too young, you're never too old. And so that's a prejudice either way that also needs to stop. Yeah, because some of the best advice. Again, look at Betty Webb, but some people start in their 90s. There's there's not one set time for everyone. We're not, you know, cartoon cutouts. Um, so, but society thinks, like, you need to be 20 forever. I'm lucky. I look young still because I have these stupid cheeks that I inherited from my grandpa. But, like, that, you're right. It's good advice. But the best advice I ever gotten, two things from uh, Mandy Patinkin. First of all, it's not how old you are. It's how old they think you are. So now don't tell them. And the second thing, and you, this will probably hit for you, as long as one person remembers you, it's not over. Like, if you're dead and somebody remembers you, one person, that story is not over. So keep telling it and keep going. And I know you always tell stories about your mom in, in all of your comedy and I know you have a new comedy album that you've just put out. How much of that did you talk about your mom on? I haven't heard well, it yet, but I, I need to. I I did talk about her more in a previous album, but uh, I made a pledge that in every album I tell at least one mom story. And uh, so she does uh, she does appear in Pandemic. Uh, I was lucky enough to take that, record that at the legendary Elma Combo here in Toronto. That's what mm. brought me. And then I was just the guest that never left. Um, so it covers everything from life during the pandemic, the Jean-Claude Pandan, as I call it, um, to quarantine, to the Property Brothers, pop culture, uh, Karen's <laughs> dating, Karen's, Karen's <laughs> women, the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, well, you and I also share a mutual love, Tom Brady, not as much as my brother, who has the biggest man crush on Tom, but... I love Tom because he's a phenomenon. He's inspirational. And look at that for age. He is the yep. MVP, VIP, whatever. And he is the oldest quarterback. Yep. I actually have a so, clip of Tom where he says, the ball doesn't care how old I am. Well, exactly. Well, and first of all, as you were saying, it only takes one person to see you or believe in you. And sometimes right. that one person is you. That's going to be your best way to go. I mean, you know, I'm not 20, and uh, you don't look year, old. Well, I think that has to do with everybody's spirit, though, right? And I'm just super immature. I'm still pulling pranks. <laughs> I think that's like to me, that's like just do fart jokes. I don't know. I think that keeps me young. Um, but <laughs> you know, I, in recent years, I became a dance instructor. Started started a modeling career. I call I build myself as the immature mature model. Uh, I don't. I think if if you're healthy, and when I say healthy, I mean everything, right? The triangle, the health, the three-way, as I always say, my favorite three-way, um, mind, body, and soul. So uh, if you keep those, then it doesn't matter, right? It's, it's all it's all energy. Um, and you're as good, as old, as bad, as badass as you think you are. It's, well, it's I appreciate that. That enjoy the game, and you're beautiful. I'm staring at your breasts the whole time because it's super appropriate. I haven't been around people lately. Every time I've been to one of your shows, you've made a joke about my breasts, so I was expecting I, I it. Love breasts. I love breastfed. <laughs> it was the only mark against my mom, but uh, I uh, well, and in fact, I just did a live comedic meditation, so um, this helped me a lot too. I created something called Comedic Meditation, yes. Chuck on Still, where I do like 30 minutes of comedy and then I follow it by an authentic, like it's not a parody, 
a real um, meditation. And both times your brainwave is in the gamma state. And um, I think everybody just needs to laugh and relax more. And you know me, no, no subject is taboo. I think if you can shine a light on anything, it takes the fear away. I love that, that you say immature because my mom tells me all the time, grow up. Yet my mom, the, my mom, the other day, she there's this app. It's called prank dial. And she says, let's prank dial my aunt who's 97 years old. And it's like <laughs> a prank call that says like, can you bring me toilet paper? And my mom's aunt's going, I don't, I can, but I, I don't know where you live. And then it's like, please. Can you tell me a joke or something? And she's like, okay, a joke. I'm like, she's so serious. She wants to answer. And then it tells you that it's a prank call. And then my mom found out the next day that her aunt's brother died. And she was like, well, that wasn't a very good time to, to make well, a joke. <laughs> but at the same time, during that time maybe that she it's was. the best time to make a joke. Maybe it was the best time. You're right. Sometimes, yeah, maybe it is more important to laugh when you're in pain than it is to cry so much because when you sit. I do this still sometimes. I'll sit there at night and I'll just cry because I don't understand. Why me? Why me? Why me? And I'll cry for, you know, my grandpa, you know, two years, three years ago, my best friend committed suicide and I cry because I don't understand it yet. And I tried to commit suicide and I talked about it on here. And it was the scariest thing I ever did because I very nearly did die, but I was conscious for most of it. And so you like when you hear a doctor telling you that you're not going to make it, you're just like, wait, what? And you can't control it. So mm-hmm. that I don't recommend, but I do recommend just laughing and finding somebody like you or somebody like, you know, whatever, Robert De Niro, whoever, who you can like attach yourself to and, and just laugh. And you mentioned earlier that like you feel like it's a tattoo. And I know this is so stupid, but just around the time I met you, I had a cat that died and I was so attached to my cat that I uh, had like this major grief. And Lauren Ash really came through for me during that time. She was such a good friend. And I later decided to get the cat's name tattooed on myself. It's the only tattoo I have. And people are like, what does that mean? Is it like Harley Quinn? Is it like Quinn from Glee? And I'm like, no, it's a scar that shows you that I survived something. I lived it. I'm still here. It hurts. It's always going to be there. But I, I lived it. And about your meditation, tell people how they can get involved in that, because it's a very good idea. Well, first of all, sweetie, I want to say you being so open and sharing about um, trying to commit suicide is extremely brave. And I just want to okay. honor you for a second about that, because in sharing that story, you have probably no idea how many lives you've saved. Um, because okay. it's, it's difficult for people to talk about mental health or to admit that anything's wrong. And we're all a festival of flaws. We've all dance with the devil that way and um you know we're living in this whole social media age with filters and everybody looks perfect and no one is and you know the the you know the the flaws the break the wounds are how the light gets in right it's one of my favorite Rumi quotations so I just wanted to mention that because you just said a whole bunch of things and I don't want to skip over that and mm-hmm. I'm glad with there um with your kitty cat I have Buster's uh paw as a tattoo, and I remember when we talk about inappropriate things, when my buster died, that was my first dog on my own. He was on Carla Wood, my 13-year-old uh, black lab, and everybody, and I was just insolable, and I had this one buddy who said, I don't know, 13 years is a long time to spend with you. Maybe he just got sick of you, and he was worried, but we all laughed, and I'm so grateful for that joke because, sometimes, as I said, laughter is just as much of a relief. 
as crime. And I think tattoos are a great, great, a great way. Now I'm just going to talk about your cartoon character. <laughs> the mood. I just got Lupti Price, the little prince tattooed in honor of my mom. So, now there's a small blonde kid off my hip. I said, very Epstein Island. I hope people know it's the little prince. But, you know, every, as I said, everybody, everybody has different ways of feeling good. So you do what works for you. If tattoos aren't your thing, Write a poem, like do, do something else that helps you. It's whatever gets you through the night. It, I think as long as you're not hurting anyone else, you got to do what helps you feel and just be gentle with yourself. And that brings me to comedic meditation, my genius billion-dollar idea that I feel like is really going to be big. I call it Chuckle and Chill. If people want more information, they can go to comedicmeditation.com. And uh, I'm very proud of it. It's kind of blown up. During this pandemic, I have big clients now like Microsoft and the Bats and Chiat Day. And I mean, at first, everyone, you know, when something's different, they're like, what? LA embraced it because it's all gurus and weirdos. But uh, I think when people experience it, like when I did the live one, um, for example, a couple of weeks ago when, when uh, Doug Ford let us out of our homes, and it was all women outdoors in Scarborough. And... Uh, People were all weeping after the after the meditation part, after we were all laughing, and there was a woman there who had just lost her son. And I always tear up when I tell the story, and the organizer said that the woman had emailed her and said it was the first time she had slept in over a month. Oh, so, wow. You know, everybody, like, I'm, I'm not, I always joke, I'm not a first responder. Comedians are like the fifth responders or whatever. But I think we're all, you know, if we can all do our part to make someone's life even this much better, right? It's the whole Einstein thing. Why are we here? It's to serve others. So, are you familiar also, with? The, the train, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Virgin River that I call Vagina River. So I like to have a good balance. I like to make people feel better, and I also like to be a bit of a dick. Yeah, you're like the furthest thing from a dick. Are you familiar <laughs> at all with um, a comedian called Byron Byron? Byron Bowers. It's a black comedian. He's a black man. Um, so he's uh, the boyfriend of director Alma Harrell. And she's like, she kind of blew up last year for her film Honey Boy. So that's how I met Byron. And Byron had this whole thing with his father where they just didn't get along for years because he had a mental illness that Byron couldn't, he didn't understand it. Right. And so he put this, he put this into his comedy show and just like, before his dad died, his com this show became like a, a big show, and he was able to like forgive his dad and hold his dad's hand, and like as he was passing away. And then I, I, you know, I messaged him and I was like, my condolences. And he was like, my best advice to you is like take your pain and make something with it. So that's why I thought maybe it's it's, it's a mentality of comedians. I think. Well, it sure is. I mean, and sometimes things are a little too painful and it takes a long time like I, it's only in the last couple of years that I've made jokes about my dad I like to say that I have more daddy issues than the cast of succession but um and you know you, you kind of hit upon I think the secret of the universe it's all about forgiveness because if we hang on right it just defeats us and poisons us and it's trying to get that heart chakra open so that you have all that unconditional love and compassion and forgiveness and then smooth sailing I think you are just beautiful and I think it like radiates out of your face and I think my mom would say the same thing 
And, and my mom, she loves you for this reason, because you always make this joke about somebody na- being named Gertrude, and that, that's her middle name. So now when she calls, her name's Karen. So she, she tells people, my name's not Karen, it's Gertrude. It's kind of on your show. So. <laughs> well, I'm honored. I love that you have a wonderful mom, and she adores mm-hmm. you. And she does. Have that bond. You know, I always think, again, that God, the universe, whatever, they say, everybody gets one thing. That's a lifesaver. I don't think I would have made it if beyond my grandpa's death, if I didn't have my mom. And after he died, she was very sick. My mom had cancer when after he died, like very sick, like sleeping on the couch, couldn't move sick. But at least she was there. You know what I mean? Like, at least I still had that. And then she got she got better. And now she's given up this her whole life for me to just to have this acting career, which like not a lot of parents would do. Although when I told her I wanted to be an actor, she did look at me and say, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> but well, she didn't so, really. You know, it's less stable than I am. But well, yeah, I mean, she didn't mean it. <laughs> no, of course not. And you know, listen, you're, you, you're quite a warrior. You've been Thank through you. a lot, you know? So I'm going to guess that uh, you're quite an old soul. And you, you decided to set up a lot of challenges for yourself uh, this round, and I'm sure there are many reasons why. And like I said, uh, I, I don't think you have any idea how many lives uh, you've impacted by being so open and courageous, sweetie. Thank you. That means a lot. So why don't you tell me more about this album and where people can find it? Because I think anybody who's listening I know all of them have some degree of, you know, pain, especially after the year that year and a half of hearing from Canada, because Doug Ford, I only got to do my eyebrows last week. Thank you to Doug Ford. <laughs> they all need something to laugh at right now. And you've always been someone who always made me laugh and I'm not easy to make laugh. So where can they find this album? Uh, like, you know, who who's your target? Do you have a target? demographic where can they find it and all that oh, stuff. see my audience is all over the map i'm surprised that a unicorn hybrid fish didn't walk into one of my shows i really do <laughs> no, i have my i have my army my gay army um and uh as i joke i always have young beautiful women at my shows i tell the straight men to come for that reason alone because i have <laughs> whatever reason the patron saying of all young hot chicks and i wear that badge probably um so uh yeah whether you're Gen Z or Gen X lax. I think you'll like this. Um, uh, you can find it on Apple Music, of course. I mean, I'd love people to buy the album. It's only $9.99. It helps support comedians. But, you know, we're living in a stream and downloading world, and that's fine, too. Uh, but it's available on my website, carlacollins.com. That's maybe the easiest, because it's on Spotify, Pandora, Apple, all the whole shebang so and i sent you the link in case you want to send it i know you've got a a, a lot of followers um and i'm really proud of this it's had amazing reviews you know we did it under ridiculous circumstances a week before everything shut down and um so it's a little different i think it's different from my other albums but i i'm really proud of it and i'm really happy Uh, and it's very you know it's very current a lot of people weren't didn't have the opportunity to get albums out this year. So I'm very thrilled about that. Even a lot of actresses at work. I remember, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but during the pandemic, I was binge watching Your Honor, which Brian Cranston was in. And I didn't know, I didn't know this, but uh, Brian later informed that this show was filming when they the pandemic hit and they had masks and nobody knew what they were doing. Because at that time, they didn't know what they were 
that they were dealing with. Right. So the fact that that show turned out as good as it did at all is like shocking. He was nominated for, I think it was a Golden Globe. And he, if, as far as I'm concerned, he should win it all the time, but it's not up to me. <laughs> so I have my favorites. I have like those people that I think they should win all the time. And up until Ben Affleck decided to fall into JLo's vagina, he was one of them. But now I think he's a prick. So sorry. Oh, dear. She's mean. Vagina. Did he trip and fall in? Or? She's so mean. I met her and she was so mean to me. And then oh, I said, Jennifer oh. Garner is so sweet. And she went, <laughs> Jennifer Garner. And I was like, I was like 10 Jennifer Garners who might not be like the, um, you know, men's ideal of sexy. I'll take a hundred of her over one sexy girl because she has this big heart. I met Jennifer when I, when I met Brian. Heart is so big. She, I, like I watched this. She's, and she's so funny. She's watching herself kiss Brian on screen, who's, could be her dad. And she's like, oh, oh my God. Like she just can't see it. She doesn't want to see herself. And it's so hard to watch yourself to begin with, especially like that. And so I love her. I don't, I can't, I can't wait for Ben Affleck and JLo to break up. But unfortunately, Ben has blown it. He has no chance with me now. <laughs> That's it. That's dead to you. <laughs> He's Forget dead to it. me. But you well, always I, ask at your shows, who's your low down crush? And I think I said one time, Robert De Niro. And after I thought about it, I was like, no, I think it's Miles Teller. And now I think they're all really ugly except Robert De Niro. I've got a thousand download crushes, so I understand. And by the way, I love the fact that several times during our interview, I have been placed in the same sentence as Robert De Niro. No, <laughs> so basically twinsies. Um, no, but so he's such a great actor. So, I mean, to be compared to a Robert De Niro, that's a good thing. I think the only that's person. That's why I'm bringing it up, baby. You know, the only actor better than Robert De Niro, who I have told Twitter is my father, is uh, Marlon Brando. And the worst part is. The people on Twitter think he's actually my dad. And every day I get about 100 questions about my dad, Marlon Brando, who it couldn't possibly be my dad just because of my age. But OK, dude, it's the Internet. You know, just like I say that um, I say that I was president of student council. I was valedictorian and homecoming queen. It's not true. I, I, of course, was homeschooled. Um, and <laughs> On my IMDb, they've got me listed as prom queen, and I'm like, that's there wasn't a prom queen at Guelph. It's a joke, but it doesn't matter. I'm not bogged down by facts anyway, so. There's no weird – IMDb is weird, and I don't know how to fix it, and somebody put on there that I'm like a big Pete Davidson fan. I was like, where does this come from? (laughs) Like, I have Tony – like, Pete Davidson's great. He did a film with John Cryer, who's my fun uncle. I love Uncle John Cryer. I love Uncle John, I was going to say. I love John Cryer. But I, I, Pete Davidson doesn't mean anything to me. I have a question that's totally off topic. Sure. It's from one of your shows. That's because I always remember this joke because you always tell it about Purple Rain. What is that? Is it like oh. a golden shower from Grimace? Where did you come up with that? Like, I don't know. You don't know, yeah. I Well, I'm, I mean, I usually write jokes about things I love. And, of course, um, you love and, Grimace. It's this to Prince's Testament that's one of the first jokes I ever wrote, it was good forever because Prince. And uh, I just always say, like, you know, all all you need to be is confident, is I believe the, the you know, very seed of the joke. And I said, look at Prince, you know, he's five foot fuck all. <laughs> he's dressed like Anne Rice. He's got heels on high than mine. He's been trying to grow in the same mustache for 35 years and people are crazy about him. And then I just said it. And, and Prince is a weirdo, so I love him. I was like, what the hell is Purple Rain? A gold shark? Uh, yeah. 
that's why the doves are crying. I mean, I haven't told that joke in years, but um, yeah. So I don't know. I always, I always, I think my mom always said that inside my brain are just uh, two monkeys texting. And I said, there's actually <laughs> a third monkey, but he's just masturbating and slinging his shit around. It's not helping. Oh my God. That's not funny. My grandpa went to the zoo with my mom when she was a kid and she told me that they went to see the monkey exhibit and a monkey just walked up to him and started masturbating. And my grandma was like, Oh my God. And like, <laughs> trying to cover the kid's eyes but it didn't really work because it was right there i don't but know my question is why did he stay i would have walked i want to walk away and my mom's like oh no he was laughing i can't but then, answer that but i imagine it would be fascinating well my grandpa was a right, fascinating person <laughs> he was a fascinating person and i'm you know speaking of jokes if i was doing stand-up i would tell this as a joke and people would think it was a joke but it's not my grandpa and my grandma had a fight and he got so pissed off at her that his solution to making her more pissed off was to go to the dentist and have every single one of his teeth pulled out. And then he had to wear false teeth for the rest of his life. Why would you do that? I literally have no response to that. Neither do I. When my mom told me that, I was like, what? He did what? Like, but he was young and, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to, to remember that your mom or your grandpa had a whole life before you came along. Right, and that they were young and pulled pranks as well. That's really committed to the joke, by the way. I don't have one eighth of that kind of commitment to any of my jokes. <laughs> I don't think he was. I don't think he realized. My mom told me he drove like this and he was drunk, and there's like black, like the threads they used to use. I would have been like, "Get out of my house and don't come back, dude!" Like, what are you doing? But Motley, they 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 um they got back together. And the funny thing is, is you've been talking about you know energy and all this like uh, cosmic energy and whatnot. So when they died, they died three months apart. My mom got my grandpa and my uncle got my grandma. And for years, my mom and my uncle never talked. And my his ex-wife randomly messages my mom on Facebook and says, do you want your mother or should I just put it in the garbage? And my mom's like, no, like, send me my mother. And then after 20 years, they're back together on the mantle, back together again, uh, and it's like, how much do you love someone to fight somehow tw- all these years, like through the causes to get back together? And the funny thing is, is my grandparents were like my biggest fans, like in whatever I did, every school play, everything. And my mom and I could always, always knew if I looked out in the crowd, my mom, my dad, my my mom, my grandpa and my my, my grandma would be there. But my dad never. Now, if I look in the crowd, my mom will be there. And I think that's always been my biggest fear is that when I make it, because I really feel like I can. I mean, I've been in Quentin Tarantino's car. What kind of a weird person gets in a car with Quentin Tarantino when he says, just get in, except me? I believe that that was, you know, somebody's way of saying you're going in the right direction. Just keep going. But I'll never have the opportunity to look out and see them all there. But my mom will be there, God willing. But they both came back to me. And ever since they came back, it's like things have been better. Like now I'm moving to L.A. Probably wouldn't have done it two years ago. But they they came back together. And my mom, she told me, I never had this idea before. Let's buy an RV. Who loved RVs? My fucking grandmother. My grandma, my mom never thought about let's buy an RV and go to L.A. before. But now that she's back, she starts thinking. So I wonder, did she come back to because we weren't paying attention to her energy? She had to come back physically. I don't, well, I mean, I think they're just your guardian angels. And again, I would say, as opposed to that, I think you know, there's no concept of time on the other oh. side. As humans, we see time as linear, but 
you have to just kind of believe in divine timing. And I think it's just more your divine timing now. I hope so, because I'm ready to um, have a, the life that I think I've deserved and held myself back from for so many years because I had, like you, daddy issues. And it's like, oh, I always wanted my dad to be proud of me. But in order for dad to be proud of me, I would have to do something with my life that would make me hate myself and not be proud of me. So I couldn't. I had to pick. He's like, I want you to go to college. Yeah, well, I want to be an actor. Well, then you don't get to have a dad. But at the end of the day, I'd rather not have a dad who didn't really love me and honor, you know, those people who did love me, who wanted me to do what I loved, which is what you do. You do what you love every day. And you your mom to, you have must to be do your biggest fan. I, 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 yeah. Well, I think you have made her extremely proud. I don't know how you keep defying age because every time I see you, you look younger. Wait a minute. Is it Botox? It's a deal with the devil, as I tell people. The but instead of writing blood, I just wrote in Sriracha because I really like hot sauce. I'm thinking about getting Botox. You are way too pretty to be affiliated with the devil, okay? I, you know what, I, I, like, I just have the skin of a teenager, um, you know, I, I still wear zit cream when I go to bed, so I was lucky, I think I just got some, it was, it was shitty at the time, but now I'm really happy that I do have oily skin, so again, everything works out in the end. I just have these lines okay. here that I cannot stand, nobody can see me on my forehead, I can't stand them, and I'm like, I need to get Botox, and every single person that I know who's over 50 is like, where are the lines? I cannot see them, but I can. I can't see them from here, and I've got 2020 vision, yo, I don't know, I think, and you want to make sure you can move your face if you want to be an actress, so, again, well, dish it up, do what makes you feel good, a little bow, a little uh, something, something, but you want to always teeth. like you. <laughs> teeth you can show movies on. Um, my teeth are okay except for like one. Do you think I should just get like a veneer or maybe do you like my grandpa and just pull them all out? I don't know. I do not want you to do what your grandfather did no. uh, if you're asking for my advice. Uh, well, listen, it's, it's two things. One veneer is fine too. If, if, it, if it bothers you, sometimes, you know, like um, what is different about us makes us unique. You know, so a lot of people elect to keep a, a gap. As you see, you know, I've got I've got cartoon features, so my schnoz. No, kind you of, don't. It fits in with my face. Um, there, there are things that uh, that make us stand out. You know, we don't want to look like Stepford Wives or Barbies, or um, I mean, I know that I look like Dollar Store Barbie. As you I know, knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I know. You know all my old jokes. Um, well, actually, I, I steal that joke all the time, and I'm like, if anybody's hiring the Dollar Store version of Christine Aguilera, I'm right here. Like, perfect. <laughs> I love it. You do have a Christina Aguilera vibe. Um, I worked so, hard yeah, for I, it. I think I think when it comes to looks, I'm all for like I think it's whatever makes you feel more confident and more you. So that's your decision. If a veneer would make you feel better and it's something that's driving you crazy or you find you don't smile or you know, uh, then then you do it for that. If it's something that, uh, as you say, you know, there's certain features I have that remind me of my mom or. Um, that I would never change because uh, it, it's it's more me, you know. So it, it it's just like this is again. These are just tuxedos for renting. So if you, you want to get your tuxedo taken in or dry cleaned, do it. But just make sure it's still yours. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, I'm so wise. You are you are wise, especially for somebody who looks like she's 35. 
like tall Yoda with big tits. I'm like a baby Yoda just because I think he's cuter. Oh, he's so much cuter. Baby Yoda's have it. My friend does a baby Yoda like parody on the internet. She actually makes her baby Yoda talk. And she did the, you know, those apps where they show you what you're going to look like in 20 years. And she shows it to the baby Yoda and the baby was, oh, no, I don't want it. And I'm like, I think if we could all see that, we would all say the same thing. Like, I don't want this at all. But I think we grow into who we are in a sense. I think I don't think you've aged since I've known you. And that's been at least six. No, like eight or nine years. Almost. It's been almost It's been a long time. And I never yeah. would have met you if it wouldn't have been for Lauren. So I'm, I'm really grateful to her and I, and I love her and she was doing a lot of great stuff. Not, I don't, she's now, she's not on TV anymore. So I don't get to see her, but she's I got know, her podcast. She's doing great though. She's doing amazingly and she mm-hmm. was our pimp and I'm grateful for that. Did she say show. she was our pimp? That's why I call anybody who puts people together. She's a wonderful human, and as are you. And maybe it's a Canadian thing, you know. Maybe maybe we're better than we thought. Maybe I should stop thinking I want to be American. No, I still no, I, you I'm, don't, don't don't be anybody else. Just be better. No, no, no. I'm still considering going on 90 Day Fiance just for the green card. Just for the green card. <laughs> I'm still on 90 Day Fiance for the material. And it's because not, I've been a 90 Day Fiance. Were you really? Well, no, I just mean I, I get, I'm always engaged, you know that. I'm no, but engaged. you were married in the U.S. Yeah. So you were a 90 day fiance or, or longer well, than I 90 days? Yeah. I was a legit 90 day fiance. That's yeah, true. I know, because you were, you were legitimately married. Um, yeah. But, but he, you know what? My ex knew Brian Cranston. They were, they were friends. Um, oh, really? So yeah. you must have met him too then. I didn't by the time I came around. They were friends back when they were both in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, I know a little bit about Brian's time in New York and also Brian's time when he was accused of being a murderer. There's so many, so much to unpack there. <laughs> as long as you should, it's not boring. You should read his book. I'll probably have to. You should read his book. I will. I will. I'm a big fan of his, too. I'll probably have to feed all these crazies. So, um, yeah, so I should let you go do that. But thank you for being here. I loved having you here. You're welcome to come back here anytime. And if you have something new, come back because I want everybody to hear about it. I'm about to tape another um, uh, album very soon. And uh, but yeah, so we'll have that. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you found it funny. And if you didn't, well, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I keep apologizing for you guys not liking shows, but um, I'm trying to work on that. So I really, really hope you did enjoy the episode because I thought Carla was pretty fantastic, and she's just a lot of a bundle of joy and just a fun person to have in your um, in your orbit and in your space. I hope that you guys will go to her website, CarlaCollinsComedian.com, or maybe it's CarlaCollins.com. Try them both because I'm having a brain cramp. Um, and buy her album. It's $9.99. How many weeks of coffee is that? Like two? Maybe? You don't need that much coffee in your life, but you need more Carla Collins in your life. I certainly do. So, yeah, you can stream it, of course, but why not just buy the album because comedians need to make money because you don't look like Carla Collins (laughs) by not making money. It's very expensive to make a woman look that cheap. I'm telling you. So yeah, check that out. Check her out on social media. uh, Carla Collins comedian. She's on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, And I think she's also on Facebook just under Carla Collins. So check her out there. 
if you don't already know who she is. In which case, I am seriously questioning your taste in human beings. Carla mentioned Tom Brady this week, so I didn't have to, but I probably did anyway. And, you know, I have to because this show is um, unofficially sponsored by Tom Brady and TB12. (laughs) I mention it every week. Simon is going to shoot me in the head for this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. My friend Tom, not Brady, best known as Baron Corbin of the WWE, but I'm just going to call him Tom, has launched an Etsy shop that has some pretty amazing um, apparel and, like, they have this really cool coffee. So I want you to check it out. It's um, an Etsy shop, and it's ignorant underscore gentleman. And, yes, that was a little bit of free promotion because it's my show, and I can free promote my friends if I want to. (laughs) Um, so yeah, if you guys have any questions, I mean, topics you want me to talk about or you want me to have a certain guest on, you know where to find me well, at Blonde Who Talks. I'll sell it again. A-B-L-O-N-D-E-W-H-O-T-A-L-K-S. I wonder if that's as many letters as the alphabet. I don't know. Actually, no, I think Twitter only lets you have 15. So I'm like 11 off. Oh, well, sucks to be me. Please check out the show on the host website, which is, of course, Extra Features. There's also you can stream it on iTunes. If you stream it on iTunes, please leave a comment. Uh, Check out some of the other shows also, especially 20 Minutes Chat. (laughs) Also available on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So, yeah, if you want to leave a comment, go to my Twitter or to the Extra Features page. Leave a little message and somebody will get back to you. Oh, hi, Bobby. (laughs) I almost forgot. My most loyal listener, Bobby, is totally going to love this episode because Bobby Loki has one of those like MILF crushes on on Carla because, you know, he's got good taste in women because he almost married me. Um, Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the show again. Like I say every week, if you enjoyed it, great. I'll see you next week. Have a great day, week, whatever. If you didn't like the show and you're never going to listen again, I hope you have the best life ever. If anyone's interested in sponsoring the show, please let me know on Twitter or send a little comment on the Extra Features page and someone will get in touch with you. Thank you for listening. I'm going to close this out with a little bit of some of Carla's finest moments from too much information which is where we met so hope you enjoy bye carla what's the strangest place you've messed with yourself uh while driving she has a motorcycle i drive a, <laughs> I, I drive a school bus yeah. <laughs> excuse me i've been doing a lot of yoga save you from denial because you could dress up like you know the batman or maybe you throw on a sassy pair of um, assless chaps yeah. and then that's you know whatever was your problem is is your second problem now. yeah yeah what disease is nicknamed the silent killer i believe it's uh, autoerotic asphyxiation with mine <laughs>